sing together. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to, to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I'm not ashamed of the, of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
for therein is the righteousness of God, revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. May the Lord add a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. Amen. Amen. Let us prepare our hearts and our minds for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for this day. A day that we have not seen before. But Father God, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy for bringing us here at this appointed time to this house of worship. Father God, we pray that the word that will come forth today, Father, would represent who you are. Father, that your word would fall upon hearts and minds, Father God, that the seed be planted, that that seed might be germinated, Father God, that we will be able to move in a way that would be pleasing unto you. To love our fellow man, Father God, to help those that we see that are in need, Father God. God, we just thank you this morning for all things that you've done. We come, Father, asking you, Father God, to continue to direct the pathway of this church. Direct the pathway of the minister of this church, Father God. And God, we will give, let you have all the praise and the glory. Because, Father, it's not about us, but it's about you, Father God. So, God, we just ask, Lord, that you will continue to touch each and every heart that's here today, Father God. You know what our needs are. You know what our struggles are, Father God. You know our sorrows and pains, and you know our joy. But, Father God, in all things, we know all comes from you. Lead us, Father God, to be better men and women, Father God, that will be able to share your word among others. We thank you, Father, for the Rooted and Grounded series that's being preached in this word, that we will go beyond these walls, Father God, and bring others into your kingdom. God, we are all ambassadors of your word, Father God. So, Father God, let us lead others to Christ, Father God. We just thank you this may, this day, Father God. We have joy in our hearts and in our minds. And Father God, whatever ills us, whatever struggles that we have, Father God, touch each of our needs this morning, Father God, that we know, Father God, we stand on your word, Father God. You have placed hope in our hearts, and we thank you for that this morning, Father God. So no matter what our eyes may see, no matter what our ears may hear, Father God, we know that you are in control. Father God, we just thank you, Father God, and we praise you, Father God, and we lift you up this morning, Father God, because we know all blessings, all goodness, all favor comes from you and not us, Father God. You have gifted us as only you can. We have specific gifts, Father God, so let us use those gifts in your kingdom. And Father God, for those that are ill this morning, Father God, we lift up the Cohen family to you this morning, Father God, just praying that you touch that household. And any other family, Father God, that needs to be touched, we know that there are those that have lost loved ones, Father God, because we have gone to many uh, funeral services this, this year, Father God. But Father God, whatever need that we may have, God, we just ask that you meet it. And Father God, we will continue to praise you, to honor you, and submit our lives unto you, Father God. In you, we will trust, Father God, always and not in man. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, we pray this morning. Amen. Time is filled with swift transitions, not of of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Come on, put your hands together, everybody. The 
Let's sing together. Timeless field. Timeless field with swift transition. Not of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. sing with us. When your journey is completed, if to God you have been true, if to God you have been true, fair and bright the home and glory. Oh, to God's son. 
Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, it's time to give God praise in this place. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, let the praise begin. Come on, clap your hands with us like this.
know it's victory. It's in your praise. Your healing. It's in your praise. Whatever you need. It's in your praise. Deliverance. And because you praise him, know this. He's here. Whatever you need today. He's here right now. All you gotta do is weep. Lord here this morning. Amen, amen, amen. Well, one or two of y'all think he's here, but the fact that you got up this morning in your right mind, got yourself together, got in your own car, came through lights, came through speeding cars, and he lets you get to the house of prayer one more time. Somebody ought to be happy about that. Somebody ought to know that the Lord is good, that he's merciful. And remind yourselves of what Jeremiah said, morning by morning, new mercies I see. And God has been good to us on this day, the Lord's day. Our responsive reading this morning is coming from John, the first chapter, verses 1 through 14. Amen. And uh, we will, I will read. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believed in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Everyone. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen, amen, amen. The word of God for the people of God. And we say thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we come now recognizing that you are God. And we lift up your holy and your righteous name. You are worthy to be praised. And so we come into this house to praise your name. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he was full of grace and truth. Thank you that you sent him just for us. And so, Lord, we love you today and we praise your name because you are holy. You are righteous. You are the God of our salvation. So we praise you and lift you up on this day. And then, Lord, let our praise be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. 
We thank you for blessing us one more day. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's time for praise and worship. Anybody come to bless the name of the Lord this morning? The song simply says, he's been better than good to me. Come on, clap your hands with us like this. I will bless the Lord at all times And His praises shall continually be in my mouth No matter what I see or how I feel As long as I'm breathing, oh yes I'm breathing I bless the Lord As long as I'm breathing, oh yes I'm breathing I bless the Lord Come on, help me see you right here. Said, I will bless. I will bless the Lord at all times. Said, and his praises. And his praises shall continue to be That's it. No matter what I see. As long as I'm breathing. As long as I'm breathing. Oh, yes. I bless the Lord. Come on, say, as long as I'm breathing. Everybody say, you 
Everlasting God. Hallelujah. Come on, just take your time and just think about him. Just worship him right here. Who shall I fear? Who shall I be afraid? 
matter what it takes, God, say, I will wait on you. No matter how it seems, God, I will put my trust in you. I will trust in you. Come on, help us sing. Say, I will remain confident. See the goodness of the Lord.
Fellowship time, greet someone you didn't come in with. such as this welcomes me and whomever welcomes me welcomes my father who sent me children six months through fifth grade are welcome to join us each sunday at 10 a.m to learn god's word and celebrate god's goodness through activities designed just for kids hope kids so scan the barcode to learn more we can't wait to see you there all right good hope it's that time once again calling all Good Hope class of 2023 high school and college graduates. On May 21st, during the 10 o'clock service, we will be celebrating you and your recent accomplishment. If you're a high school or college graduate class of 2023, please go to the Good Hope website. There you can fill out the 2023 graduate form. You can fill out the form or your parent can fill out the form for you. But just remember, no matter who fills it out, it's only one form per graduate. The deadline to fill out the form and submit it is April 23rd. Also on May 21st, the same day we'll be celebrating our graduates, we will have our School Spirit Day. We want all our Good Hope members to come represent your college or university that day. It can be your high school, fraternity, sorority, college or university, PWI or HBCU, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, we just want you to rep your set. Remember, high school and college graduates, please fill out the form by April 23rd on the Good Hope website. And Good Hope members, please come ready to represent your school with school spirit on May 21st at the 10 o'clock service. If you have any questions about the graduation service on May 21st, you can reach out to Deaconess Kimberly Smith. The email is listed on the screen. Thank you and God bless. Grounded has been a very life-changing experience for me. I especially like the journaling part. And I say that because um, when it comes to journaling, I'm not very consistent normally. 
But because of the book being such an easy read and because of the way it was structured, I was able to journal daily. I was able to meditate daily. Um, I learned more about God. I even learned more about myself and it was great. Um, I also liked the part with my group. I had a great group. My group was non-judgmental. We were able to share uh, our adversities. We were able to talk about our walk with God. Um, I was able to cry with them, um, laugh with them. They were very compassionate. Um, and I just enjoyed that because it made me grow even more. I learned so much about God with all of the things that Rooted and Grounded had, um, the topics that they were in. We, we learned more about God with each other, um, with the things that they shared with me, I shared with them. We were able to help each other. So with Rooted and Grounded, I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. Rooted and grounded. Let me hear from you. Yeah. All right. We had a successful kickoff on last Sunday. And it's so successful, we still got people joining. And I got good news for you. You got one more, or will you have just today to sign up? We're going to close the uh, registration at 6 o'clock today. So come on if you've been deciding. Well, we're going to help you to decide today. Amen. And you can do it once the service is over. We have someone in the bookstore that's ready to take uh, your registration uh, so that the bookstore is right through the fellowship hall, the glass doors, and right to the left. So immediately following service, be sure to go over there and sign up. We have a group waiting on you. Amen. Amen. So don't miss this opportunity to develop relationships with others, but also to have a deeper relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A uh, couple of things I want to share with you. All right. Starting first Sunday in May, we will have the eight o'clock and 10 o'clock service. Amen. Well, that, that sounds like the 10 o'clock crowd. The 8 o'clock crowd, they just jumping up, and every time I mention it, they just running around. Like, okay, y'all, we coming back to 8 and 10. So, first Sunday, if you want to be here at 8 o'clock, come on. You won't be by yourself. Amen. All right, so we thank God for that. Uh, we have uh, summer camp coming up. All right, and there you go. It's, uh, you're invited to bring your grandbabies or your children you're gonna, they're going to have a good time for that summer, the whole entire summer, I think all the way to August. And uh, be sure you can sign up for that. You can do that online as well as call the school during the week. Amen. Okay, now, we had asked you to uh, donate towels for the Beacon uh, group, and you've been doing that. And we're going to ask that you continue to do it. All right, they uh, cut regularly need new towels because they have a lot of people that come through. So the more that we can provide to them, the better. So you can always bring the towels and drop them off in the fellowship in the center of hope. Uh, there's a uh, basket, a big bucket there to drop off the towels. And we're asking for new towels. New towels. Not the dainty towels, but towels you can use, you know. All right. So we want to continue to bless them in a mighty, mighty way. All right. Uh, hoops for Hopes. All right, coming up. 
All right. Uh, it's beginning, and we're taking volunteers. So that is our uh, outreach for basketball. So we ask that you come on and join us and get a part, be a part of the league in any way that you can participate. All right. We got one more thing. Uh, if you can notice, I don't know if some of you noticed, but uh, we got some new carpet in the house. Amen. All right. Get a shout of praise for Travis Rucker and the team. They were able to do this in one week. Amen. Now, we still got a little construction, so if you see something, just, just pardon the construction. You know, act like it's your house, you know. Step over it and keep going. Amen. But we're trying to get it done and get, it, get everything back to, to normal. Next Sunday, immediately after service, Discovery, Discipleship Discovery 101. So if you're a new member of the church, we invite you to come and uh, meet the pastor, have a Q&A with him, and also be a part of the Discovery class. Uh, we're going to give you a little meal before that, but uh, take a snapshot of that QR code. Let us know you're coming so we can have something for you to eat. But more than that, just have the material available for you. But spend some time with us. Uh, be prepared to spend a little time with Pastor and to get a little understanding of what the Good Hope Church is about. So that's for our new members. And if you haven't done Discovery, that's for you as well. So take a picture of that and let us know that you're coming. Amen. All right. Now. You may not have noticed, but the senior pastor of the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church at 3015 North McGregor, Houston, Texas, 77004, is not with us today. But there is a preacher in the house. Amen. So our word today will come from the director of missions, our young preacher, Pastor Chris Johnson, will bring the word. So let's encourage him. Just look at him, y'all. Just point your hand, finger at him. Preacher, preach the word. Amen, amen. All right, after we hear from our music, the next word you hear is that of Pastor Chris Johnson. Amen. You have led me through the fire 
in darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. Hey, Cause all my life you have been faithful. Oh, yes, you have. And all Good morning, Good Hope. How are you? Amen. Is there anybody out here who can testify how faithful God is? 
The Bible testifies that from everlasting to everlasting that God is good. And his faithfulness and his mercy and his grace is something that we can not only wake up to, but we can bask in. We can baste in his love. My name is Minister Chris Johnson. Uh, I greet you in the grace, love, and peace of God, our Father, our Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, As Pastor Bell so smoothly said, I am not the senior pastor. But I thank Dr. Cofield and First Lady Tori Cofield for allowing me this honor to stand before you. May we give them a round of applause. We have the distinct honor of serving uh, at a church that is a Bible-believing church, a pastor in a church that believes in doing things God's way. And so we thank God for the person and the personality of our senior pastor, Dr. D.Z. Cofield. Can we give him just a round of applause? And our staff, too. Pastor Bill, my, my main man. Uh, I know he speaks so eloquently, but he's really from Third Ward, y'all. Don't, 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 don't let the smooth taste and the beige skins fool you. <laughs> we're going to go to God in a word of prayer, and then we're going to uh, get into our message on this morning. I promise that we will be effective and we will be efficient, but we will not be eternal. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that Sabbath was made for the man, not man for the Sabbath. So we want to make sure that you enjoy your Sunday. Uh, God's uh, enjoyment or your enjoyment of him is not just limited to the sanctuary. But it's in your meditation. It's in your quiet time with him. It's in your inward reflection. And so uh, we ask that you do that at all times. Let's go to God in a word of prayer. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on this place. God, we pray that we would find purpose and direction in your word. That we would find refuge in your word. God, make clear to us all things for our life in this message on this morning. God, we thank you for the gift of life. Thank you just for breathing into us this morning. Waking us up and getting us started on our day. God, you've kept us during this week, and for that we say thank you. You've watched over wives and children and husbands and uncles and aunties, and for that we say thank you as well. Now, God, we pray that you would remove all distractions and barriers. Make our focus our reality. Help us be singularly focused on who you are and how you reveal yourself in this carefully curated space. God, we thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For many of us, there is nothing newer or fresher than entering into a new relationship. When you think about any relationship, whether it be professional or platonic or personal there's always an initial sense of excitement there many of you all can remember your first day of kindergarten 
you anxiously got up and you were so excited because you were crossing a milestone in your life and you were about to meet some new friends. You ran into the classroom and you were excited and you met folk who you would later, some of you, forge lifelong relationships with. It was there that you learned how to nurture and develop and cultivate those relationships. For others of you, you've developed your relationship with people in professional settings. You work with individuals and you want to make sure that you are who you say you are because everybody knows that it's hard to work with somebody who don't like to do their job. I mean, I, 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 I love where I work, but what makes it really, really, really hard to work is when you got a coworker you can't depend on. And so your professional relationships are important. You, you, you develop and you nurture those professional relationships. Now, some of us, some of us even take that same approach into our personal relationships. You've met someone or you seek to meet someone and you and him or you and her have met and it's bliss and it's love and you've got to know who this person is and you carefully work on how you develop that relationship. You develop it, you water it, you plant seeds in it. One of the ways you develop your relationships is you take time to find out who you're really dealing with. Now, now if, if, if I can be honest with you, I, I have to be honest with you, I ain't always been, <laughs> I haven't always been the one to take the time to find out who I was dealing with. <laughs> and you rush into a relationship not finding out who you're really dealing with. These are all situations from life. I use them in jest or in joke to paint a word picture for you. The same type of careful care that you put into your platonic relationships or your personal relationships or your professional relationships is the same type of care you need to put into your relationship with God. Our church is going through a phenomenal series called Rooted and Grounded. It is, it is a series that, 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 that gives us an opportunity to peel back the curtains of our life, not just individually, but corporately to find out who is God and what is he doing in our life. The question here today for many of you is, who is God? Who is God? For some of you, he is a mysterious being. He is someone who is purged, who is, who is, who is hidden in the scriptures. He is someone who is so, somewhat difficult to understand. For others of you, he's a healer. He's a way maker. For some of you, he's a provider. For some of you, he's a professor in the classroom. In the book of Ezekiel, he said that he was a wheel within a wheel. We, 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 we use what's called anthropomorphic language to try to describe a God that 
quite frankly, can never be accurately described with our limited, finite language. He's majestic and he's holy. Genesis 1-1 testifies that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's, 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 it's Elohim revealed in his vastness and his glory and his splendor. And it's him doing his handiwork through the creation. Who is God? And in our text here today, we have a man who meets God and answers that question for us in a completely different context. Sometimes God is creator, but this, this brother found out that God is not only creator, but he's also sovereign. And he's also majestic. And he's also a keeper. Our scripture from the day comes from the book of Job, the first chapter, verses 20 through 22. And our title for our text today is Who is God? Who is God? Because I submit to you, the answer to that question is always the same in scripture, but the answer to that question in terms of your life will always change depending on the season that you're in. This is a story of about a man named Job. The Bible says that by all accounts, he was upright. He was blameless. He was quite the pious man. The Bible says that without solicitation or without prodding or poking from God or from the rabbi or from the temple, he would go and he would lay out his offering or his tithes or his alms before God without even having to be asked. Job was a rich man. Not rich in terms of paper currency because paper currency was not in existence at the time, but he was land rich. The Bible says he had thousands of sheep and thousands of acres and thousands of oxen. Now, God knows who to trust with some ox, because if it was me, it'd been oxtails for the rest of my life. <laughs> but he could trust Job. Job wasn't sneaking out there getting the oxtails. And he had beautiful kids, too. He had some really great kids. How many people out here have children? Ain't it great to have beautiful children? And he had the most adorable children, and he loved them. And not only did he have adorable children, he also had a fly wife. Her name was Miss Job. Now, she was a fly wife. I ain't talking about Jada Pinkett fly. I mean, you know, Neil Long fly, right? You know what I'm saying? That, <laughs> that class that you can take home to mom. <laughs> and the Bible says that he had all of these things, all of these blessings from God, and that he was so good that he had a hater in the midst of God. Here's a news flash for you. You can be walking and operating in the things of God and still have a hater. You can be paying your tithes and your offerings and still have a hater. You can be praying and offering yourself before God and laying bare before him and sackcloth and ashes and still have a hater. 
And here's the scary thing. The hater is not in flesh and blood. Because the Bible says that the one accused him was none other than Satan himself. You know, when you're a believer and you, you, you sign up for this thing called being a Christ follower, it puts a giant X on your back. See, this, this, this rooted and grounded group we're, we're, we're participating in, it's not for laughs and giggles. See, there's some stuff that goes on in life that will make you call on God's name more than you've ever done in your life. Some of you don't realize that you've been living in the plenty of God and everything that you have is only because of him. You think you tough, but pressure busts pipes and it makes water run uphill. And you don't understand the pressures and the pains of life because God has so carefully shielded you and protected you and nurtured you and taken care of you. And there is stuff that will happen in life that will cause you to call on his name. And the Bible said, the Bible said that this man, Job, was robbed of everything, all because Satan wants to prove a point. Here's a news flash. Satan want to prove a point with some of y'all. He don't want you in no rooted and grounded group. He doesn't want you praying before him. He doesn't want you fellowshipping in love. He doesn't want you getting connected back with God. He doesn't want you practicing the one another's. He doesn't want to see you producing the fruit of the spirit. He doesn't want to see you have joy, patience, peace, long-suffering, understanding, or any of that because he's not invested in your growth. And you need to remember the words of Peter that Satan sits before the very presence of God seeking permission to sift you as wheat. And the only reason that you stand here, the only reason that you sit here, the only reason that you are able even to come into this sanctuary and proclaim the very things of God is because of his grace and his mercy. Who is God? God is the one you can trust when things go rough in your life. He is the thing that you can trust when things go wrong in your life. The Bible says that Job found himself at a precipice. His wife is gone. Kids are gone. Family is gone. Typically when we are under attack, there are four areas of your life that the devil will attack. He will attack you spiritually. He looks to discourage you. He attacks you financially. He goes for the bag. He attacks you relationally. You start having problems with husband and wife and family members. And then he attacks you emotionally. He'll start chipping on your mental health. You'll think things that you never thought before. <laughs> oh, he's very crafty. <laughs> he has an adroit skill. An uncanny ability to take the very areas of weakness, but God has taken those very areas of weaknesses and turned them into your strength if you just trust them with your stuff. Look at what the text says. The text says that Job arose. He got up and he shaved his head naked. 
He stripped his clothes. Marvin Gaye used to say, it makes me want to holler the way they do my life. It makes me want to holler TEA coming in and taking over school districts. It makes me want to holler that we have a governor who would rather have folk carrying guns than books. It makes me want to holler that women's productive rights have been stripped and taken away with no regard for their health or their well-being. It makes me want to holler that young black men don't even see each other as kings and princes and kingmakers. Makes me want to holler. And there's some stuff in life that'll make you stand up and strip your head and holler and cry out before God. And Job understood that when you get to that point where you got to stand up and strip your head and holler that you don't need to holler at somebody else. You don't need to holler at your neighbor. All you need to do is look up to the very ceiling of heaven and say, God, be with me now. You can trust them with your stuff. Empty bank account, you can trust them. You might have to do some budgeting, but you can trust them. Failed, flawed relationship, you can trust them. You might have to start putting him or her first, but you're supposed to be doing that anyway. Bad attitude, negative thinking, you can trust them. All you have to do is pray and ask them to take every thought captive and to guard and, 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 and mold and, 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 and direct your mouth and align your mouth and your mind with his spirit and his will for your life. You can trust them. And God is the one that you can trust with all of the nasty stuff in your life. He's in the business of, 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 of taking people and making them and washing them fresh and anew in the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans 8.1 says that there is no condemnation. There's no judgment, there's no blemish, there's no mark, there is no reason to fear because when you trust God with the stuff in your life, he takes care of it and he makes sure that you get to where he wants you to be in your life. And look at what Job did. Job trusted him with two things. One, he trusted him with his problems. Take it to God. But the second thing Job trusted him with is he trusted him with his praise. Oftentimes when we're at the precipice, God is supposed to be the object of our worship. Your focus is your reality. As a man thinketh, so is he. When life puts something in front of you, your focus should not be the magnitude of the problem. You understand the problem. You have assessed the problem. You are not being unrealistic, but you realize that this problem is a mere speck in the eye of the God that you serve. Who is God? God is the place of your peace. Look at what Job does. He strips himself and then he falls to the ground and he worships. 
Somebody in here, you, 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 you have just met God as Yahweh Shalom, God's your peace. Earlier, I talked to you about God being creator, Elohim. But then there's also a time in the midst of all tumult, in the midst of all difficulty. He is not only God creator, but he is God Shalom. That he is peace. Peace. Peace not being the absence of problems, but peace being the presence of him. It's like being on a cruise ship. The rudder is what keeps it going straight. God is the rudder on the ship of life that you that you're on and he 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 leads you as David says behind beside still waters. He's a quiet still voice that talks to you when all ruckus is breaking out. He speaks to you to you through prayer and meditation and your word and just quiet still time with him. He speaks to you in community as well. You're rooted in grounded groups. These are these are the, the connective tissue because God doesn't just move individually in your life. He moves collectively in the lives of all of us here. He's peace. When you go home and kids are acting up, he's peace. Co-workers lying on you at the job, being difficult, he's peace. Driving on the highways of Houston where road rage will just leap out to you at any time. He's peace. Two and a half years we spent in the house under COVID, watching people die, staying tethered to God, staying in his word. He's peace. A move of discipleship at this church that has been started by him. He's peace. And God is the place of your peace. Who is God? God should never be the second place you stop. God should never be the last place you stop. God should never be an alternative route after you done checked with everybody else. He is the focal point of your peace. This is why he told Jesus to tell y'all, peace I leave with you. You're having problems because you're not operating in his peace. When you reach out and you grab God's hand, he gives you peace. Dr. Cofield always stands here and he talks about peace being on the other side of the door. But I'll go a little bit further than that. Peace can not only be on the other side of the door, peace can be on the other side of your heart. Peace is available on the other side of your spirit. And when you take care of that, peace will be on the other side of your bed, peace will be on the other side of your bank account, and peace will be on the other side of your life. Remember, God is the one that you can trust with the stuff in your life. God is the place of your peace. But here's the third and final thing. Here's the third and final thing. God is holy 
and majestic. God is holy and majestic. By the time Job had an epiphany, Job understood that God was creator. Job understood that God was sovereign. Job finally understands and says that God is not only sovereign, that he is not only creator, but God is Lord. There is a distinction between God and Lord. Elohim speaks to his, his vastness and his majesty. Lord speaks to the personal position he has in your life. Years ago when I would come to this church, he was God. I'd sit up in the top left corner uh, to the right of my, uh, or to the right of this podium. And he was God. Impersonal, abstract, distant. He was God. And then I heard a message that talked about the love of God. And then he went from God being distant to my Lord who was near. But that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough that God was just Lord. I had to realize that God was holy as well. That I can't just bring him no anything. That like Moses, when I come into his presence, I have to take off the sandals that I come into that I bring from life. That I have to lay myself bare before him every day and every night. He's holy. You can't just come into this presence and just bring God know anything. He ain't going to take it. Listen to me. He loves you. Oh, man. Oh, my God. God loves you. He cares for you. He wants to keep you, but you will respect him. I don't know what you're talking about, preacher. I ain't got to respect no God. I can't even see it. Don't even matter. God can see you, fool. Like your respect to God is predicated on whether you can't see him. You can't see the money you chasing either. All you see is a, is a representation. That's paper. It's backed up by bullion. You ain't never seen the bullion, but you're chasing the paper. You got a life and you ain't never seen the master. That's who you need to be focused on. He's holy. Majestic. Worthy of our best, our utmost for his highest, not second class first. We don't give him the scraps of our life. We serve it up to him for lay me on full course meal five. God, I'm going to give you the best that I got to give you because he's holy. You got to come to him a certain kind of way. Not with no bunch of money. He's not asking for that. 
You, you, you want to know what you got to come to God with? Somebody asked me, what, what, what do I have to come to God with? What do I have to come to God with? Somebody just ask me. Can we do this in unison? An humble and contrite heart. Somebody in here, God is holy and majestic. The issues and the problems in your life are not the barriers. They're just indicators. Much like Job, they are things that point to a greater Lord and a greater sovereign and a greater savior. Job did not have the benefit, so to speak, of having the revealed knowledge that we have through the Bible. He knew God and he understood that everything about Elohim pointed to a greater savior. We used his story from scripture today because all we're trying to do is just point you to a greater savior. Somebody in here, you've been asking who is God? Yes, he's creator. Yes, he's the place of your peace. Yes, he's holy and majestic. But right now he's your savior who's looking to be your Lord. And all you have to do is just extend and reach out your hand and grab what he's trying to offer you. You want to know why Job was able to withstand pressure? Because he was rooted and grounded in a God who he knew loved and cared for him. Somebody in here, you need to get rooted and grounded. Say, let's get rooted and grounded. Let's get rooted and grounded. Say, tell your neighbor, let's get rooted and grounded. Let's get rooted and grounded. Let's get rooted. How are we going to get rooted and grounded? We got to pray more. Let's get rooted and grounded. How are we going to get rooted and grounded? We have to worship more. Somebody in here, you ought to be standing up on your feet and worshiping God right now. We're trying to get into these rhythms of God. You want to be rhythm with God? We need to lift holy hands to him and say, thank you, Jesus, for everything in my life, for you've done in my life. Thank you, Jesus for watching over and protecting me. Thank you, Jesus, for being a way out of no way. Thank you, Jesus, for being a healer. Thank you, Jesus, for being a provider. Thank you, Jesus, for pulling somebody out of incarceration. Thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me out of the depths of mental health and illness. Thank you, Jesus, for rescuing me out of addiction. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you. Jesus. Jesus. Who is God? Who is God? He's many things. He's everything. Yes, sir, Brother King. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ah, the Spirit of God is in this place. <laughs> Who is God? He's present right now. Hmm. Ezekiel 45 
testifies that the Lord is there. It's so good to serve a God who sees you. <laughs> That's another message, the power of being seen. Somebody in here today, God sees you. He's looked past the muck and the mire that surrounds you. He's whispering so ever gently in your ear. Friends will tell you that you're tripping. You don't need to go to that church. All them preachers just about money. Newsflash, we're broke. <laughs> but our Father in heaven is rich. I'm going to ask my brother J.P. Wooder to come up here and do the invitation. He's, he's far more better at these things than I am. But while he's doing the invitation, we're going to be praying. We're going to be soliciting God right now that strongholds are broken, that barriers are eradicated. That the devil would have to flee from this place while God is working on you. Somebody in here, God is telling you right now, you've been looking for me and I've been right here in your face. Who is God? He's the one you need to come to right now. So as Pastor Whitaker is doing the invitation, we're going to lift up holy hands. We're going to rejoice and worship and we're going to be praying. We're going to be pleading. We're going to be begging that somebody in here would give their life to Jesus. Amen. All right, if you haven't done so, everybody who can, everyone, if you will, please stand on your feet. This is a critical time in the life of somebody. This is the time when somebody's going to make a momentary decision that's going to have an eternal impact. So I'm asking everybody, please don't move. Please don't check your phone right now. Please don't make a whole lot of noise. For those of you who know the Lord already, I want you praying. Praying for the people who need to make a decision right now. Now, Minister Chris just talked about a couple of things with Job. He talked about the joy. He talked about the peace that Job had. Job had peace, even though the circumstances didn't dictate that. Peace is present despite circumstances, not just because of them. Joy is present despite what you got going on. Happiness is based on happenings, but joy is there regardless. Now, everybody wants it. Everybody wants joy. Everybody wants peace. Everybody is looking for that stuff that'll just keep them solid regardless of life circumstances because you know they're coming. They have before and they will again. So essentially what everybody is looking for is God. You just may not know that that's what you're looking for. So right now we're going to extend an invitation. For any of you in this room who is unsure where you are with God, you're not sure if he's in your corner, you're not sure if you're in his family, I want you to listen to what we talk about right now. The Bible says, 
all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means everybody in this room got a sin problem. I got it. You got it. My baby daughter has it. My sons have it. Your infants have it. Even though they're cute right now, them little sinners going to grow up. Now, the other side of this, the Bible says, because we have all sin, there is a just compensation that we all deserve. And it's death. Now, physically, our bodies are going to stop working one day. I don't think any of us in the room is clueless of that. But the Bible talks about a spiritual death. It's a separation of our souls from God for all time in a place called hell. Now, a lot of people can't reconcile how a loving God could send somebody to hell. Let me tell you something. God doesn't send you to hell. That's your choice. When we're born with this sin problem, we're all on our way there anyway. He gives you the choice to escape that fate. He gives you the opportunity to do something different about it. God sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins. To pay the price that we deserve to pay because of what we've messed up on. And God knowing full well that you've messed up before, you're probably messing up right now and you're going to mess up again. Gave you an opportunity to be with him despite your own sin. Jesus died for you. Jesus rose again, beating death. And Jesus returned back to the Father to create a place for you so that you can be with him for all time. Now, if any of this is a news flash to you right now, make a choice. Make a choice to accept this gift that has been given. Two things you can do with a gift is say, no, thank you. I don't want it. Or yes, that's for me. And if you are the yes, that is for me person, I want you to come on down here. I want you to come on down here. Let your mind move your body to take some steps with your feet to start moving this way. Because the reality is none of us know when the time is coming when our bodies stop working. When you're in the coffin, it's way too late to make the choice and accept the gift. And accepting this gift, God is not asking you all of a sudden to live perfectly like you never have before. God is not asking you all of a sudden to put away all the stuff that you've been messing up on for centuries, for, for decades already. What God is asking you to do is to trust and believe in what he's done for you so that that gift can count for you. So as the praise team sings, go ahead and make that step. Go ahead and start moving this way. The men and women here will show you love and give you more explanation of how to use that gift in your life. Come on down. God is the joy and the strength of my life. He moves all pain, misery, and strife. He promised to keep 
Okay, right now, every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Don't look around, don't look around, don't look around. This ain't nobody's business but yours and God's right now. Now again, I said, for those of you who already know the Lord, I want you praying right now. Now for anybody who's shaky on this thing, it was embarrassing for you to walk down. It's all good. I'm going to let you off the hook. But right now, if you know that you need to accept this gift of Jesus Christ, you never have before, you need to do it right now. We're going to let you do this incognito. I am going to pray out loud. And the prayer that I pray, I want you to pray it to yourself. Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm not clueless to this fact. I know that I've messed up before. I know that I'll mess up again, Lord. And because I've messed up, I know that your holy and righteous self has every right to turn your back on me, say, get away from me, and I could not call you unfair. But God, right now, I believe in what your son Jesus Christ did on that cross. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he took care of the penalty that I deserve. And Father, I believe that he has given me a new life with you because of all that he did. Father, I want that gift to count for me. Now God, help me to understand what this new life in you is all about. Help me walk it out day to day. Help me grow. Help me see who you are in real life. Father, I thank you for the gift you've given me. I ask that you continue to show me how to use it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody in the room, give God some praise. We don't know who just got saved, but I know somebody did. Give him some praise. All right. Now, part two of the invitation. First part was you coming to Christ and accepting the gift of God. Second part is you need a family to belong to. For anybody in the room who just got saved, you are an infant. You are what we call born again. It would be traumatic terrible it would be a travesty for us to see an infant in the street all by themselves fending for themselves if you're a brand new believer you need a family around you this is a wonderful family to belong to so as we sing even more we're going to extend an invitation for church membership if you'd like to join this place this this body of believers you don't have one already we're going to ask you to come on down as we sing one more time so one more time, if you need to join this church, if you don't have a church home, we invite you to come on down. God is the joy, say, say God is the joy and the strength of my life. Moves all pain, misery and strife. This place ain't perfect, because it's made up of imperfect people. But we love you. You can be a part of it. Come on down.
lift your voice in the house. Say, God is. Pastor Johnson for a word, a timely word. Now what we've discovered here is that people want to come to God, but they want to come in a way that God moves on them. So we have a QR code on the screen, and if you want to just let us know that you want to join the church, or just you've saved, you've accepted Christ, Take your phone and uh, everybody, matter of fact, just take your phone and, and point it at the QR code. Take a shot of that and let us know and we'll be in touch with you. Our Christian workers will be in touch with you to lead you to a plan of salvation. We've discovered that this particular method, we've reached many people. And when I say many people, every month, every Sunday, somebody comes to us, to God, I should say via this method so when we do it we do it intentionally because God has shown us that this is a method that people have come through so we want to use that and allow you to take that opportunity to still come to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ we take time with it because it's important uh, yesterday we had a funeral service for a 17 year old here at this church we've had funerals for two year olds for 102 year olds, death is serious. For the ones that are older, they came to a saving faith. They are right now. But it's us that remain that need to answer that question, are you all right? So when we present Christ to you, we try, we're concerned about whether or not you're all right. And Chris gave you some answers today as to who is God. So we thank God for that preach word this morning. Amen, amen. All right, church, it's time for the offering. Amen, amen. We have several ways that you can do that. Uh, they're going to put it on the screen. You can uh, do it uh, Google. You can go through our app on the church. You can use several ways. And if you just want to put it in the envelope and give it to us, we have deacons all over the church that will take uh, your offering in the envelope, and uh, we take cash as well. Amen. All right, so you have an opportunity to give. I want to take a minute and recognize our visitors. So if you're visiting with us today for the very first time, would you please stand? We're not going to ask you to say anything. We just want to recognize you. So if this is your first visit, please stand. All right. Amen. But remain standing, if you don't mind. All right, show some love. Amen, amen. 
We're so glad you're here. We hope and we pray that you've been blessed by the singing of the word, the preach word, and the fellowship. And if we miss this time, all we ask is that you come back one more time and give us a shout at it. Amen. Praise God for our brother that has visited with us today. Uh, I want to take a, a, a moment here. Uh, let me see. We uh, had some disturbing news on yesterday. One of our deaconess is not doing well, Sister India Cohen. She's in the ICU, and it, and it does not look good. So I want to pray for Deacon Cohen. I think he's, he's at the hospital right now. But I do want to lift a prayer. So uh, Deke Witteridge, one of your deacons can come up, and let's say a prayer for the Cohen family uh, and for our deacon and deaconess. So, Vanille, uh, if you can come up, let's offer a prayer for them. Amen. Let's, uh, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Eternal God, we come giving you all praise, honor, and glory. Thanking you, Father, for this day that you've given us. Thank you, Father, for the word that we've heard this morning. And my prayer, God, is that the word will challenge each of us to look at ourselves and just to be better. But right now, Lord, I come on behalf of our deaconess, Deaconess India Cohen. She is battling right now, Father. She's in ICU. The doctors have said that they've done all that they can do. But we know, Father, that we serve a God who is greater than any doctor that's on this earth. So we lift her up, God, to you right now. And we pray, Lord, that you will comfort her. We pray, Lord, for a supernatural healing in her body right now. For we know, Lord, that you are able. We know, Lord, that you have the ability to do all things. And my prayer is that if it's your will, that you will heal our sister right now, Father. We pray, God, for Deacon Charles Cohen. We ask, God, that you will give him strength. We ask that you will give him understanding, God, that he can stand and be the support that his wife needs right now. We pray, Lord, for their boys, Chuck Jr., Julian. We ask God that you will lift them up in prayer. We ask God that you will give them a comfort, give them a strength that they need to get through this time. We pray, God, for the parents, the siblings of Sister Cohen. And we ask God that we just continue to trust, continue to believe in you, knowing, God, that you hold the key to all life. So again, God, we thank you for this family. We just pray, God, that you will continue to watch over this family and that we can all continue to give them the love and the care that they need. And we know, God, that where our prayers fall short, we just ask that you will make up the difference. And we ask these prayers and others in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Deacon Willrich. He's the lead servant of the deacon's ministry. And uh, just continue to keep him in prayer. All right. Next Sunday is the fifth Sunday of the month. And the E5S choir will be singing. 
Our guest director will be none other than Sister Rosetta Mays. Amen. So be sure you're here. Now all of you E5S and E5S stands for every fifth Sunday. So if you haven't been singing, you got a chance to sing. So rehearsal is Tuesday, Wednesday, and the time. 7 p.m. the fellowship hall. All right. So if you ain't been singing, you got a chance to sing. All right. Wednesday, 7 o'clock. So we can fellowship next Sunday and have a good time with our guest director, Sister Rosetta Mays, who's a long time friend and member has been of this church and uh, I know that you're going to be blessed. All right, is everybody good? Let's stand on our feet and uh, receive the benediction. Remember, if you want to sign up for Rooted and Grounded, we have someone in the bookstore waiting for you to sign up. We're going to place you in a group, and uh, you can uh, get started this week. Uh, the groups are meeting this week, so it's a good time for you to get, get registered. All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his face upon you and give you his peace. And may he bless you when you rise up early and settle late, when you go out and when you come in, in your labor and in your leisure, until we come together again in the house of prayer. God, we thank you for reminding us afresh who you are. So we leave this place knowing that you are God all by yourself. And we praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. You are dismissed. something wonderful in you. Come on, say it. Oh, God is doing something wonderful in you. Get the glory. God is doing something.